looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, December 12. We passed the post on what was a good day of racing at Eagle Farm yesterday. We had five feature races, and we're going to speak to all of the major players and discuss this meeting in detail as the summer carnival is rolling along at good speed. Of course, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Go to their website for all their information, archerparkracing.com.au. And they were in the money at the Gold Coast yesterday with Apple Tup. I'm going to introduce something this morning that... I'm taking the lead here. Now, we do this with Press Room, but I want to hear what you think. And I think Sunday's a better day to hear what you think because your emotions might still be raw when you settle down on Monday. But I think on Sunday you might be cranky, you might be happy. Tell us what you think about racing yesterday when we speak to our, our major players, our comments, our opinions. You've got yours as well. 0499 putter. Uh, well, 0499 786 0499 786 That will pave the way for a lot of compliments for my co-host, Nathan Exley. <laughs> Good morning. Say, I thought, thought you were going to say for yourself. Good morning, no, David. I don't uh, want that. Nice to join you again today. <laughs> Off the back of a, you know, some really interesting racing there yesterday. Probably mostly went to script. I think so. In fact, if you look at the results, I think uh, punters finished well in front. We'll, we'll talk about the meeting in detail. And of course, we raced at Doombit on Friday. I'm going to give Laurie Mayfield-Smith a mention mm. here. He's one of the eldest statesmen of the trading brigade. And he, he won't mind me saying that. Well, he probably will, but I don't care. But he, he prepared Charm Me Baby to uh, first run for the stable, got up a big odds. Taylor Marshall navigated a path through the field and... Got up there on Friday. What was a, a good day out? You were there Friday. A good crowd. Good, good atmosphere. Yeah, it's always a, a good one. That um, that twilight meeting through. You get a lot of Christmas parties on that day. But I think Laurie Mayfield Smith said recently to someone that he's the longest serving trainer in terms of consecutively here in in Brisbane. Mm, that would be right, and uh, it was good to see him there on Friday too. He's had a few health issues over the the past few years, but uh, he was there front and centre and. Charmy Baby won the Brisbane Handicap. That was Friday. Let's now concentrate on yesterday. And as we said, five feature races, four of them with black type. The Gateway doesn't have black type as yet, but it was the main race of the day, and Apache Chase was the shortest-priced favourite of the day. Punchira runs into the good gallop. Apache Chase pops off the inside, goes up to within a length of the leader. They're travelling to the turn at the 500. Palayapan emerging to third, trying to stalk the leading pair. Most of these are off the bid. Then came Cracker SG, Squared and Xenifer. Good chatter, mile back, Linthorpe Bland and beyond fate. Apache Chase going for home. Got the better of Punchira. Palayapan running a good race. Cracker SG battling away. But it's Apache Chase in full flight down below the 200 metres. Burns riding confidently. Palaya Pan two and a half away, not making any impression. Then Cracker SG and Good Chat. But Apache Chase wins another feature. Beats home either Palaya Pan or Cracker SG. Good Chat or Xenophil for the fourth spot. Then Linthor Bland. And at longer intervals, Punchura, Beyond Fate, and Square Dance last. Isn't he building an impressive CV, this horse? That was his 18th start yesterday for his eighth win. He's won seven races at Eagle Farm and six out of seven at the 1,400 metres. And yesterday's win adds to the Group 3 Rogue, the Group 3 Fred Best, the listed Wheatwood, and the listed Daybreak Lover. That's a fine record. Desley Forster is his trainer and is our first guest. Des, good morning. Morning, David. Lovely record, isn't it? A horse who's had uh, only 18 starts, and I've mentioned five feature wins there. He's going great guns. 
yeah, no, he's going super. This horse, he's just and he's maturing and he's getting he's getting a better racing pattern all the time as well. It was a deliberate plan yesterday, Desley, to go from the the Golden Eagle into that race, sort of forty two days between runs. You, you missed a trial a week or so ago because of the washout, but you were never perturbed by that. No, no, it's like he's a pretty clean winded horse and he's pretty thing. So, yeah, like trial wasn't wasn't um wasn't no concern at all. Des, you've you've mentioned this several times, as has Jimmy Bird, who's got this great association with the horse riding him. That uh, once he was a you know a get out and go horse, but Jimmy basically comes out neutral on him now when the gates open, and he can take that position just off the speed if he has to lead. He can, but but he's, he he settles well, second or third, third or fourth. We saw that again yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I said yesterday, if you they came, they all wanted to come out and have a bit of a probably look like they all wanted to have a bit of a piece of him yesterday, but um, Jimmy was happy just to just let them all go and just watch the race unfold, and when everything settled down, he just. Let him do what he always does, just as I said. But he's sort of getting into a push-button ride now, really. Mm. These colours have become familiar. Tell us a little bit of the background of Apache Chase's owners, Des. Uh, there's Sharon. You would see them. They, um, they got a lot of equipment they hire out. And it's a pretty big business they have. Um, so they're just starting to get a bit more serious into the racehorses. They've bought a few broodmares and they're breeding a few of their own and... And we've bought a couple of nice yearlings. Um, they've had a couple. They've had a start, and they've gone back to the paddock now. And I think they're both nice two rolls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's where they're um, yeah into the show. So is it only very... in recent times they've sort of got into the racehorse ownership? Uh, yeah, probably been in it probably what, and probably six years maybe. Mm-hmm. So, um, they just getting a bit more serious about now. And they weren't there yesterday though. Uh, no, they had a Christmas, uh, bit of a Christmas function on down the Gold Coast. So, yeah, they happened to be on that day. So, yeah. Is there are two important questions that we can ask after yesterday's win in regards to Apache Chase's campaign? You might be able to answer neither of them this morning, but we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a go. The first one is, we know Magic Minions days at the grand final in five weeks' time. Uh, your thoughts on running him in the buffering on New Year's Day? Have you made up your mind there or not? Look, I did, I, yesterday was probably just like a trial or an exercise gallop for him yesterday, so he didn't exhort himself very much at all. Look, we'll probably at the moment he'll probably go to the buffering. Um, it's thirteen fifty round doom, and it's three weeks away, and then two weeks into a millions. So that's what we're probably looking at doing at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's 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 the first question. You've answered that. The second one is on Magic Millions Day. You can either run in the Magic Millions Cup or the the cutest race, which would be an easier race with more weight. Any thoughts there? Oh, look, I think after yesterday, his rating's getting up very high. Mm. Um, I think you'll have to run the Magic Millions Cup because I think they'll weight him out of the cutest race. Yeah, he, I think it's a 61. It's a, it's a quality, so he, yeah. only maximum. Yeah, he, he, he could carry no more than 61. So you know, they're both worth the same money, aren't they? Yeah, well, exactly right. But as I said... I don't like running um, my horses against each other. I think it's mm. probably not the right thing to do by owners. Um, at the moment, um, Captain Verse will probably run in okay. the cutest race and he'll he'll go to the other race. Fair enough. Well, I guess you're hoping that some higher-rated horses nominated from down south to get his weight down in the in the, in the the cup then, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a few horses down there that will probably come up and 
thing. And like we've, he's proven that he can carry a little bit of weight as well. He's a big horse now. So, um, yeah, so as I said, we just have to wait and just see what happens. We, we often talk on this program about the management of horses and particularly top horses. And your horse is a top <laughs> horse. He's an outstanding four-year-old. And we saw him in the late part of the autumn, early part of the winter in our carnival here. And then he's had a spring campaign. Now we're going into the summer. But uh, but you've managed him very well. But it, it's it's not an easy thing to do when you've got a good horse and so many good races on offer. Well, probably lucky if his horse, David. As I said, he's a very clean-winded horse and he doesn't take too much and he's a very easy horse to manage. So, yeah, so he makes makes my job very easy. Uh, he was the second leg of a winning double yesterday. Des Exo Lady got an all-important stake success yesterday to maintain her unbeaten record. Yeah, I think she's a very... Um, sort of just kept a pretty low profile on her. I said, we always had a pretty big opinion. Like we were very confident going to the race since the first day we took her to the race because we thought she could go there and even second up. And we were very confident going there yesterday too. But just trying to keep it all, keep a lid on it all and not get too carried away. Well, she, um, she's had three from three now and uh, she's not in the Magic Millions, but you're looking at that Phillies race the week before at the Gold Coast? Uh, yep. As I said, um, she seems to have pulled up good this morning. So she'll go to that race the week before me. And um, mainly because it's, it's a Phillies race too and it's worth good money. Mm. Um, but a lot of the Magic Means horses will run in the Bruce McLaughlin two weeks in it before. And also, it also gives Jimmy the opportunity if he wants to get a decent Magic Means ride, he can ride something in the Brock McLaughlin and then ride in the Millions, you know what I mean? But I said, keep her against the girls for the time being, and it's good prize money, so we may as well go that way. We've been asking you a lot of questions this morning. I've got one more for you before we let you go, and we, we appreciate your time. Apache Chase is, is a top-line horse. What is the race you would like to win next year most of all? Oh, probably a Stradbroke, maybe. It's probably the most Queensland that's loved to win in that, you know what I mean? But as I said, um, it's just good winning any sort of feature race in Queensland's good, you know what I mean? But um, but like I said, it'd be good to win a Stradbroke, but any any feature race in Queensland's good. Good on you, Desley. Thanks for your time this morning. We'll, we'll keep in touch over the next few weeks. Thanks, David. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Des. <coughs> Desley Forster joining us this morning, and a, and a good day out for her and Jimmy Byrne yesterday. Um... I'd say I'm a little surprised to hear that she's leaning towards the cup. I would have thought the Qtis will be an easier option. We saw the Odyssey won that race last year, carried 59 kilos. He's a better horse than the Odyssey. Um, remember, buffering won that. It was, a, it was a benefit for him that year. So I think, I think the point she makes is that she's going to run chapter and verse in that mm. race, so she doesn't want horses clashing. And I, and I get that. But look, whatever race, whatever race Apache Chase goes in, I think we've seen during the... Uh, the winter, the spring, and now, now the summer, he's competitive because he can make his own luck and he's as strong as an ox. He's not one-dimensional anymore either, is he? We can just take that sit like we saw in the Wheatwood. Yeah, player pan, uh, good in second, but uh, the winner in a different zone. And Cracker SG... Would have been uh, a good thing in the last, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's, it, uh, <laughs> it's a surprise someone in running third. I think the stable's uh, estimations on it weren't that high, but it ran well in third. Just on a broader point before we leave this race, this is the third running mm. of the Gateway. Um, how is it working? Oh, I'd say it needs to be looked at. Um, the first year we got a, a good result with Vega One, who's gone on to be a Group One winner. Beat Soxagon, who multiple stakes winner. Last year's was was down a bit. It was a good story last year with Master Jamie winning, and you know Apache Chase saved the race yesterday. So I'm not sure what they can tweak with it. 
Um, to me, it sits at a good spot. Four-year-olds, the, the concept is good. But the carrot of getting into the straight broke doesn't seem to be attracting anything from, from down south, which mm. is... You know, whether that's to do with Eagle Farm, David, that's that's one possibility. Yeah, a, a few things to consider. It has never attracted a large field as such. It's always mm-hmm. around that 9 or 10, and, uh, and I agree that the concept is good. Um, it just doesn't seem to maybe have that, that, that ping or that, that zip that we thought it might have. But yeah. nevertheless, it is there. It's available. Anyone can run in it, and it does, uh, it does offer an opportunity into the Stradbroke. Let's go to... Our next feature, this was the listed bribey. Shooting for goal was a heavily back favourite. Around the turn, 4.50 left to run. Kylie Sled narrowly from Sugar Boom. On the inside was Archer's Paradox, then Osmanov, the Odyssey. Needorp swimming up to them, shooting for gold, being called upon by Thornton now. Starts to work into his gears, and then came Totally Charmed, who's sneaking up behind the man, coming with one hell of a run. Totally Charmed went to Needorp, the Odyssey, then Archer's Paradox. Simply Fly, screaming home. Totally Charmed's got the lead. Simply Fly gave chase. Too late, brother. Totally Charmed beat home Simply fly, photo third, Needorp of the Odyssey, shooting for gold every possible, then Colpo D. Tamburo, followed by Archer's Paradox, Osmanov, then Plague Stone, Sugar Boom, and Kylie set a brick wall and ran last. Totally charmed with that characteristic booming finish, zooming up the centre of the Eagle Farm track and taking the bribey. Matt Hoisted is in a trading partnership with Steve O'Day. It was a good day for them yesterday, and Matt's with us now. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. I want to know this question firstly. Uh, I know where you watched the race from. You need about three different sets of eyes. You had Kylie's on the speed. You had shooting for gold coming to the outside and totally charmed, weaving a passage. What uh, What were your thoughts up the straight? Just take us through that. Yeah, to, to be honest, as soon as I saw um, saw totally charmed, sort of trucking up, sort of from from the time that they uh, straightened, he he kind of did take most of my focus. I, I just knew the way that he was sort of blending into the race that he. Mm. He was the, the gap sort of looked to be in between there of the Odyssey and, and Sugar Boomer. It was just a matter of Ben sort of hitting the button when he when he sort of wanted to. So he, he definitely did have have majority of my focus. I just thought knowing the way that he he does sort of track up and really let rip. Um, but no, it was it was fantastic. It was great for great for all involved. Look, he's a, obviously a, a very much highly raced seven year old that's had his fair share of issues, and um, you know, it's been just fantastic for as I said for all, all the owners that have stuck solid with him, and um, you know, it's great that we could repay him yesterday. Matt, just document some of those issues because it, it is an unusual situation where you see a horse now seven that is absolutely at his best of his career so what is it that's taken so long for everything to fall into place for this horse yeah so we uh we when uh steve when we were sort of training for aquas farm he was sort of in our system as a, as a young horse as a yearling and, and he was sort of sent down to sydney as a, a two-year-old and he had one run down there where he actually did attend and so he come back and went through aquas's rehab program and um yeah obviously spent a fair bit of time on the sidelines there and, and he comes straight into our care then and we've had him from you know from then on in and um, we, when Aquas decided to uh, move him on, Steve and myself um, went and we bought him at the Magic Moves Racehorse sale um, and got other owners into him. And just in, in that interim, he's, that um, didn't redo that tendon, but just disrupted a few of his fibres, fibre tissues there in the in the tendon. So required a, a little bit more of a break as well. We, we gave him a, another sort of, I think it was about four or five months off for that. And after time when he ran second, when he just got beat at Eagle Farm, I think maybe three preps ago or so, he, he had a bleed that day. So he's, mm. he continuously takes a bit of management. Um, you know, and I think he's a, you know, one of these typical 
you know, I'm Invincibles, a lot of them are sort of, um, you know, late maturing horses and, and, you know, only continue to improve and it's just lucky he's got a, got a great zest for racing at the moment and, um, you know, we know he's got a, got a, you know, booming finish on him and he's always sort of possessed but he's just wasn't, wasn't overly tractable earlier in his career and his races, he sort of cost himself but he's, you now he's pulling a chew and doing everything right, you know, he's, um, you know, obviously in career best form. He's been a good buy. You, you you got him for forty two and a half thousand, and it was great to see yesterday. This is one of the good things of racing, and when we when, when we get to see it, we appreciate it. A wide array of owners there with Totally Charm. They were all as you know as pleased as punch with the win. It was a, there were good scenes after the race. Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a big sort of group group in him, and as you said, from sort of far and wide, all different. You know, there's a lot of people down in uh, Victoria as well that are in him that unfortunately haven't been able to come up and see him for a while now, obviously with COVID. But um, you know, it's great for great for all involved, and that's you know that's what racing is all about, isn't it? All these just normal people having having shares in horses and and seeing the you know joy that it brings to everyone. He was stakes placed last prep at twelve hundred meters matt do you go to that trip again now with what's what's coming up in the carnival yeah look he just obviously thinking he's best just kept sort of mad fresh this horse his record sort of shows that and um you know with winning that now he'd be sort of confident to say that he'd, he'd sort of be able to gain a start in the, the magic million sprint so obviously that's another another tier up with you know the horses that are going to be there but um i think he's well and truly deserving of his chance now so we'll obviously five weeks time now we'll just go straight into that now he can just have a week out at the beach and uh, you know, going to paddock during the day just to get him out of the stable environment and and bring him back in and have a have a little tick over trial heading into that. But um, yeah, that's just I think going to be the best way to have him there in tip top condition. We must mention the other two runners, particularly shooting for gold, who, who as I mentioned was very well backed. It wasn't the shooting for gold we know. the The finish was, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, but by his standards, his finish was lacklustre. Oh, one hundred percent. Look, uh, we sort of said he, he was very vulnerable there. Um, you know, yesterday he's obviously had a very busy week after having that ordeal at, at Doombin last week and then having to go to the trials Tuesday and then back up. And, and he, he was probably looking for the 1,200. That The 1,000 was probably always going to be a touch sharp for him. But just going forward, he would have had to go gone sort of five weeks between runs going to the Falvalon. And, and just with what did happen in the uh, barriers there at Doombin, we're just a little bit worried about him being too fresh and too above himself. So we, we thought it was imperative of him having another run. And that's why we... We did run yesterday. Um, look, unfortunately, it definitely wasn't the shooting for gold. We we all know, as you said, he just raced quite flat and didn't have that that real sharp turn of foot that we know that he does have. Um, probably it's a little bit worrying too that um, Boris did just say he still was a little antsy in the barriers. So look, we'll we'll just have a bit of a chat with um, obviously his owner Joe Rapasada, but there's a there's a big chance we may just pull pin on his prep now. It's obviously been hard to sort of bounce back after what's happened, and, and look, we know he's ability that the horse has, does have and we might just forego the summer now and, and potentially really look to target the, the winter carnival with him. It's just a good example of how you need everything to go right. Everything seems to be going right with Palazzo Spirit. You trolled him there on Tuesday. Obviously thought you saw enough there to be happy to send him to the races and he's got the job done again. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's a he's a really nice cult. This he's, he's got a really good opinion of him. Um, probably looks a little bit questionable of him, him sort of running further than a thousand as a lot of people may think just with the way that he's he's two wins he sort of shot clear and then you know they've obviously gained ground on him late but he, he's still just putting it all together you know when bailey did hit the button he really accelerated quickly but as soon as he does hit the front and out there he's still very much stargazing and, and having a bit of a look around and obviously the two runs being at eagle farm where we've had to come away from the rail he's had no rail to follow so um i think when we get him away from eagle farm and 
even when he can get a you know, that track was obviously um, rain affected there on on Tuesday. Had a bit of cut out of it, and he really appreciated that. I think when he can get his toe in a little bit, he'll only improve again. Um, so look, he's obviously a short of a start in the in the millions now. So um, we'll just see how he comes through. He was really good this morning. He's um, you know, he's a, a tough little colt. He he, he um, sort of can't really hurt him. He, he bounced through that trial Tuesday and bounced through that race yesterday in really good order. So we'll just have a have a bit of a think now whether he was to go to the McLaughlin or um, you know possibly even go straight into the race. Have no issues with him going. Um, you know, sort of five weeks in in now with the trial in between because he's just so, you know, he's he's going to bounce and put himself there and relax so well. So we'll just let him tell us over the next sort of week with what we do. But, um, yeah, it's exciting having a... Yeah, having him in the in the millions. Bally Notif made a comment post race that I thought is worth touching on. We know that he's going to have to manage his his weight for the remainder of his career, but he made a big tribute to you and Steve for the, uh, the I guess you guys giving him your blessing for him to go and get himself right and but say you just come back whenever you're right and the rides will be still there. Yeah, definitely. Look, obviously Bailey's a you know integral part of our our business and. Um, not only as a track work rider, but um, you know to help keep his weight down, and obviously as a, a jockey and getting his feedback, you know, imperative with a lot of these horses. And he was obviously struggling, and he just couldn't get it right. And you know, we've obviously have have full support behind him. And thought there's, you said he's he's going to need constant management the whole time. He just couldn't couldn't get couldn't get it under under control. It was obviously a frustrating time coming into coming into our carnival when he did have to, you know, when you sort of need to be getting all the um, support and, you know, and the momentum that you can leading in. But um, it was, you know, the best thing for him sort of long-term and we just really sort of drummed that in that, you know, we'll always support you and, you know, you sort of got to look at the big picture rather than, you know, what's in, in front of you over the next coming weeks and it's been the best thing for him. He's really, really putting in and, um, you know, doing plenty of work behind the scenes with, you know, getting a personal trainer now and he's working hard. So, um, you know, it's uh, you know, really good for us to be able to give him that stake success yesterday. Good on you, mate. Always appreciate your time and your comments. We'll, we'll chat soon. No worries. Thank you. Matt Hoisted, he, he trains in partnership with Steve O'Day and totally charm got the money and he has been a work in progress of sorts because you make the good point. He's seven, and that was only his twenty-second start for his eighth win. Yeah, so obviously it's interesting to hear that background, but it shows that patience can pay. And he's uh, not the easiest one to ride. You can't expose him quickly at all. Mm. And Ben Thompson made that point. And I, I remember Steph Thorne actually copping some grief one day. She won on him, and people tried to make out that it was a, a bad winning ride, but it was complete opposite because you expose him too early that the sprint. It's just a short, sharp one, so you've got to time the run very well. I hold long grudges, you know. Yes. Because twice I was on him. Plenty? Know, plenty. I was plenty, on both, both times as well. Plenty and, beat him both times. And so with the early crow both times too. I've never I've never forgotten <laughs> that, so he doesn't get any um, any too many plaudits from me. But I tell you one thing, and one thing you can't deny is that, that, that supersonic finish. Yeah. 33 seconds he ran his individual last 600 metres. Uh, Simply Fly was good. There was support for it in the ring, uh, in the in the market, and hit the line mm-hmm. well. Need up honest, and after that, well, Usmanov, uh, there was one the market told you had no hope. Went out to nineteen dollars and and ran accordingly. He sort of poked through it about the three hundred. Must have just hit the brick wall. That was the case. Let's go to the just now. This was the Phillies and Mares listed feature. Great finish this one. 
Expats in full flight leading the way. Taiku Nevi is trying out on the outside. Centerfire is joining in as well. Georgie's Pride needs to make up ground and then came eloquently. Taiku Nevi's in a battle with Centerfire. Georgie's Pride getting up to the inside, running on. Taiku Nevi's got it. Eloquently is flying with East Asia. Eloquently in East Asia. Photo! Photo finish! Eloquently are East Asia. Flying late from Taiku Nevi. Georgie's Pride not far away. Then came Center Fire, who ran a plucky race. Then Adelaide's followed by Fleet Dove. Expat dropped off, then Kisakano. And in gear is last over the line. Photo, East Asia, and eloquently. Yes, they hit it almost locked together, but there was a nose margin there for East Asia. Ron Stewart running for Rob Heathcote, who I haven't spoken to for some time. Rob, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David Nathan. Did you think you'd got the judges' nod? I thought we did when we hit the line. I mean, the last 50 at it was clear to see that it was going to be close, but I was just praying that Ronnie could, could get the split because I knew she'd hit the line hard and, you know, no um, real criticisms of Luke the previous week. He, he was under instructions to get to the outside. The race just didn't plan out that way and he couldn't get out. So she had a relatively soft run, so I didn't hesitate to back her up because of the, um, you know, the, uh, well, the, race planning schedule being thrown into disarray with all this weather. So I worked out okay in the end. Rob, this is her second full prep with you. She was okay at the start of last prep, but it was right at the end that she really came good. Was there something you switched around with her or was it just a, a, flick, a switch flicked or what was it with her that just took her to this next level? Very perceptive, Nathan. The owners listened to the trainer. <laughs> That's what it was. No, she came up to me from Sydney. She's she's always shown a lot of ability, but you know we set some pretty lofty goals. I mean, she ran in the five hundred thousand dollar race at Gosford, and then she travelled up and stepped up to fifteen hundred in the Spear Chief, where she led them up. And Kieran McAvoy rode her that day and said she's just too hot. She's too bothered. She's expending too much energy pre-race. We've got to teach her to settle and calm and relax. And the best way to do that is give them a good break and start with a clean slate and and we did that and you know as i said the end of last prep she really started to put it together with a couple of thrilling you know come from behind wins and and yesterday showed that she really and that was over 1200 i mean she'll get a mile this there so riding her quiet and unleashing that powerful sprint she's uh she's there's some good races left in her we don't see fast times generally at eagle farm these days it's hard to line up the times from one meeting to another but uh, she ran fast time. One sixteen three is a good gallop at the thirteen hundred. In fact, it was a new class record. Alison of Tuffy, who won this race last year at Boulder's Odds, well, you beat that record. So she's done well there. What are the options now going forward? Um, I'm going to pop her out to Washpool Lodge tomorrow, just initially for four or five days until I really sum it up. In, in three weeks' time, there's the twelve hundred Nudgy fillies and mares. Whilst I know twelve hundred's probably too short for her now. It's a wild card entry into the Phillies and Mayors Magic Millions race, so we, we may take that option. But now that she's a state's winner, I may even look, because um, the 1350, which I feel is a better distance, the buffering. Now, obviously, it's going to be a very, very tough race, but it's also a wild card exemption for the, uh, the Magic Millions Cup. So, with you know, such riches on offer... Down in uh, mid-January, down at Boondall, it's, it's worth having a crack at. Is there much else there from the stable, Rob, that um, 
that might pop up over the summer? I see you nominated quite a few two-year-olds for the, the two-year-old classic. Where are, where are some of those horses at? Oh, look, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. I've had one of those years, Nathan. As you can, this time last year, I'd had a stack of two-year-old runners and we were enjoying some really nice success. And this year, I can't get a two-year-old to the race because, you know, they all go sensor or some ache or ailment or pain crops up and I've just got to pull the pin. I had one the other day, a, a very valuable deep field cult who trialled really well behind um, Danny Bagul's nice horse, Go Lightly. Uh, better Go Lightly. And, and he's he's just pulled up. He's not quite ready, so off to the paddock he goes. He was going to be our Magic Millions aspirant. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, look, that that's, that's the way it is with youngsters, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. If they're not right, you take your time with them and no, I've got some nice horses coming through, but just not at the minute. Just before you go, let's pay a um, compliment too to Ron Stewart, who, of course, is leaving us to go to ride in Singapore. Uh, I never like to use this expression, but I think it sums up well. He's one of the nice guys in racing, and good to see him in that race yesterday. Sometimes, David, he's too nice. He needs a bit of mongrel in him. <laughs> but Spend a bit of time on him. You don't that. like in that department. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a tough game out there and there's no quarter given by the riders. And, you know, I'd ask Ronnie that... And Ronnie does his homework. He's a, he's a good professional jockey. And, and, and I said, mate, just, just get her to the outside. I don't care what you do. Uh, just bring her out, give her daylight, and, and she'll hit the line. And he's done that in one. So full credit to Ronnie. One thing we didn't mention, she would have been stiff as a board not to win. She's done an enormous job to win because she was sort of held up for a little way so to to get there on the line it was a very tidy effort yeah it was and and i suppose nathan that's you know well, i came back to the stables after the races and 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 i was talking to chris hurley who spends a lot of time working on this eagle farm track and i and i haven't been listening to your show i'm at the stables working but um the track played well look at the end of the day i think there's one word that all trainers are looking for, and that's fair. The track played fair. Leaders won, horses off the speed won, horses coming from well back as my mare did won. That's all we asked for, and we certainly got that yesterday. On that note, we'll let you go back to work and appreciate your time this morning, Rob. Good on you, lads. Cheers, mate. Rob Heathcote joining us this morning, the trainer of East Asia, getting up by a nose eloquently. Very good in second. She's a classy mare. Tycoon Evie looked the winner, just peaking late. But I'll tell you one thing for free. There is a horse absolutely flying, but there's no place to hide at this time of year, centre fire. Mm. It ran well the previous week, and sometimes you watch these horses and you say, oh, that ran well, but then you sort of half dismiss it. And I thought going up to 1,300, same sort of company, wide again all yeah, the way, right, and it's just favors. missed out. I mean, it is absolutely airborne at the moment, but it's it's tough at this time of year. Uh, Georgie's pride couldn't lead. I don't know if... We didn't discuss this with Desley either. I don't know if Georgie's pride has come back as well. Maybe she won her share of races. Yeah, I just think she might have reached the level. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Kisakano missed the kick. And, well, expat um, maybe showed that she is a wet tracker. Yeah, that went to pear shape pretty quickly, and the market was well on top of that, wasn't it? The market um, out to $5.50. 3.30 to 5.50. Let's turn our attention out of these two-year-old races. We'll continue on. We're looking at Eagle Farm. Don't forget as well... In around 15 minutes' time, Michael Maxworthy will join us on Past the Post and we'll get his impressions and thoughts on today's big meeting in Hong Kong. That's coming up later, but let's go to the the feel and ready for Eureka Stud. And Palazzo Spirit was heavily back, 240 into $2. 
by the 400 metres. Palazzo Spirit alongside Inequality. They're striding together. They're putting the speed on now. Fell well behind them. It's hard to say. Swiss Exile not doing enough for Palazzo Spirit. Give a little squeeze by the jock. Got the better of Inequality. Fell well runs on Gamely. Then hard to say in Swiss Exile. Palazzo Spirit in front. He's going well. He'll do enough and he'll win the field already. Palazzo Spirit beat hard to say who drove late. Swiss Exile a good debut in third. Not certain about fourth inequality in Coco Brew Express. And then proud of you, Thelwell, peak late and bag of wit last home. Well, Bailey Nodiff was the rider of Palazzo Spirit. We've uh, touched on the horse briefly with Matt Hoisted, but I want to get the jockey's impressions and also a bit about the jockey himself. And he's with us now. Bailey, good morning. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. You rode Broken Hero in the last race on Melbourne Cup Day at Eagle Farm. Tell us what happened after that. Yeah, I rode him um, and just, obviously, um, my weight was sort of getting the better of me and um, coming into carnival time, I just wanted to give myself a break and reset and um, get it right again. And, um, yeah, that was the plan after that. Just just for the listeners, what do you ride at comfortable? If you're riding, well, are you riding down the Sunshine Coast? No, not today, no. Okay. So, so what do you ride at comfortably? Um, 57 is pretty comfortable for me. Yep. Um, that's doing. That's still having to look after it all the time, though. But it is sort of probably my most comfortable weight to ride at. Um, anything below that is is a bit of an effort. Um, but, yeah, 57 is, is comfortable. So did you put a circle on the on the calendar, mate, for this date, knowing that this horse would be sort of back for this stakes race and set yourself to be ready for this week, or that's just the way it panned out? It's just the way it panned out, really. He was never sort of meant to go to to that race on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the plan was to go on Friday, this Friday night coming. Um, there's a two year old race at the Sunny Coast, and he was going to go to that. But when the um, the noms come up a bit short for the feeling ready. Um, Steve and Matt chucked him in and um, yeah, so it just worked out I was ready to come back and um, and yeah, it just worked out perfectly So you've written him in both wins, you've got an intimate association with the horse or intimate knowledge of the horse what we're watching visually we're seeing 2,000 metre wins, not by big margins, tell us, you know better than anyone else, tell us about Palazzo's spirit would 1,200 be a stretch for him? I don't think 1,200 will be an issue at all. He's um, he's still a cult, and he's got very, very good ability. Um, but I think it's both his runs have been at Eagle Farm, and, and like I said, he's still a cult. And when he's sort of let off the bridle and he's got nothing to chase, he, he just floats, and also he doesn't really let down on Eagle Farm. It's probably not his ideal surface. So I'm really keen to see him when, when we can get up to 1,200 and and there's a bit of speed on, we can actually draw, draw a barrier to ride him, ride him a few fe- few pairs back, and I think you'll really see a nice horse then. What you're saying is borne out in the fact that you, you don't see many horses travel sweeter than he has in, in the two runs, particularly yesterday. You were still swinging off him at the, the 200, but he just probably then didn't find as much as the, we might have expected, but what you say is that that's more to do with the track than the, than the ability not being under the hood. Yeah, there's plenty of ability there, um, and I ideally I didn't sort of want to ride him like that yesterday, but just the barrier we drew and and the way the map looked, 
I had to sort of land outside leader. Um, I was really content to sit outside leader and I, I knew it would sort of carry me a long way into the straight. So as long as he had something to sort of chase and follow for at least half the straight, I always knew he was going to have a really quick turn of foot and hopefully he'd, um, he wouldn't float too much and, and just get pipped on the line. But um, once he sort of does knuckle down and sort of know what he's doing and know his job, he's going to be a really nice horse for the future. It's a really interesting point you made because we judge races by where the winning post is. Naturally, that's what we have to do. So when they hit the line there, he's won by a neck. But what you're saying is if they'd gone another 100 metres, he's in, he's in for the fight then? Yeah, 100%. Like I said... He's got good ability, and, and he actually didn't even have a blow after the race yesterday, and um, he was first up. So that just shows how easy he is doing it and um, how much is left under the hood. So although he's not winning by big margins and, it, and others might look more impressive on TV and things like that, it, at least I know that he's got a good engine under the hood and I can be confident going into them big races that I'm on a nice horse. It's something to look forward to, isn't it, over Christmas, knowing that two weeks into the new year you've got a really good ride in a $2 million race? Yeah, hopefully he stays fit and sound and healthy and um, all roads lead to the millions with him. So I haven't had a ride in the two-year-old race yet, so um, it'll be really good going into that with a live chance. Just two things before you go. A quick mention on that Philly better deal. She looked to make pretty good ground on the Callaway Gal. Massive effort. Um, really impressed me. She's really well educated. Um, she got back in the run and there was a few patches of different coloured grass on the track and she actually shied at, shied at the, uh, three or four of them just before we straightened up and she lost all momentum. Um, and I was trying to sort of follow Exo Lady through and we lost all momentum and she had to pick herself up and get going again. So I said to Clinton Taylor, I said, if he brings her back down for a 1,200, um, she's going to be right in the finish. And just before you go on, on a broader point, on, on, a, on a personal level, and your, your weight issues have been, you know, common knowledge in the racing industry. It mustn't be easy for you knowing, um, you know, that um, you're expected to, to have the, the right weight, be able to carry out your career. But I'm sure at the same time, whilst all this is happening, like the first time was far more major than this. This has just been a month's break just to put you back on track. But you must appreciate the support you get within the racing industry. Yeah, exactly right. Like, I've got a lot of loyal trainers and owners who support me, so um, it's, it makes it very easy to sort of be able to make them decisions to have that month break when you're, you're pretty confident and you're going to still get the support you're getting when you come back. So um, I'm forever grateful for the trainers who put me on and, and they're a really loyal bunch that I've got um, supporting me at the moment. Good on you, mate. Keep in touch. Good work yesterday. No worries. Thanks, boys. There he is, Bailey Native, joining us uh, running Palazzo Spirit. And uh, it is a, it is a, a tough <coughs> grind uh, for, for not just Bailey Native, but all jockeys. But um, he's uh, got a few extra issues to handle, but he seems to be handling it with with aplomb. Yeah, I'm just, just thrilled for him to see him come back and get that stakes win yesterday because it's obviously a, a battle. But you know, Matt Oyster's comments earlier, he's, he's mm. worth waiting for because he's in the top three or four jockeys we've got here in Queensland. And when he's fit and well... No wonder owners want him on their horses. Now, in saying all of that, mm -hmm. there was a good thing beaten here. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that. There was a good thing beaten in Swiss Exile. Just, we'll just take you through it, listeners. Um, it missed the start. In the process, Ryan Maloney knocked his knee, his left knee, on the, the barrier petition, which would have been nasty. So 
Obviously, he's in a bit of pain from the get-go. Then it wanted to buck, which I didn't see live. I just watched the yeah. replay. But uh, just a natural talent, still very green, and uh, it would have won. <laughs> you would think so. And, and, and hard to say, probably not not a good thing beaten, but it had a, a few traffic issues in the straight. So, you know, you can't take... But at the same time, you can't take anything away from the winner because it does everything right. Yeah, he does. He makes his own luck, the winner. And you have to listen to what the people around him are saying, that he's a better horse than what we've seen so far. And I, I, I suspect he's got upside. He's uh, just... It's a nice style of a horse. He ran 58.35. Let's turn our attention to the Callaway girl for the Phillies. XO Lady winning here in 58.59. The home straight, though. Muet is in front and in full flight. XO Lady getting a run now, coming through and starting to pick up strongly. Then Mink Star, Rose of Shiraz Atusa, and Penthouse out wide and running home well. But XO Lady reached the lead from Mink Star battling away. Muet's run its race and then Penthouse. But XO Lady going strongly. Three in a row. A good filly. XO Lady beat Mink Star. Third was Penthouse. And maybe better deal up for fourth. Atusa not far away with Rose of Shiraz. Then Muet who stopped. Ahead of Bedell, Heroic Angel and Goddess of Peace is last over the line. XO Lady can't do any more what she's doing, three from three. No, and a touch slow out, and that's probably helped her too. Mm. She landed the fence and she really appreciated being able to just sit off them yesterday and, and sprint nicely at the end. We often overlook, um, I mean, the, the record's there, they, they get the results, but Jimmy Burney just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah season after season and... Leslie Forster made that point yesterday. There's never any stories around him. It just turns up and gets the job done. Mink Star was good in second, covered ground on speed, and Penthouse was a, a more than a promising debut in third. Let's go to our final replay from yesterday. This was the three-year-old race, too. They backed a few here, including the winner, Indiscreetly. They swing for home now. 400 left to Rana and indiscreetly heads for the run of the judge in front. Our Red Planet now busting into the clear. Telephone booth under pressure. Maximum output being called upon starts to run on strongly. On the inside, indiscreetly is trying to hang on. There's a bit of a kick there from our Red Planet. Then came maximum output and telephone booth, but it's indiscreetly in front. Short of 100 to go. It's home. It's home indiscreetly. Winning again. Fado the Miners. Telephone booth maybe second from our Red Planet and Veta Velocita. Maximum output didn't see the trip out. Then came Artiro and a gap. Miss Piero and Valley Rattler last home. Indiscreetly coming off that debut win at the Gold Coast, which was impressive and landing good wages there yesterday. Seven fifty down to five dollars for Danny Bagore. Yeah, and I said to Danny, you wonder how this starts fifty one dollars at the Gold Coast, but he put a lot of that down to the barrier, but um it's fair to say she snuck under the guard of them first first up. Mm. No, a, a good performance, and um, she's she's in the, the, the three-year-old guineas. She's, I think, a 50-to-1 chance there. Mentioning the two other races of the day, I think when you get the money when Smart Media wins, you've got to shut up shop early because <laughs> you know luck's on your side. And not only was, well, not luck on the side, but he looked to be a good chance. The market saw it the same way. But I thought a very enterprising ride by Jaded Lloyd. There was half mm. a gap there. He said, well, fortune favours the brave. Don't die wondering. And he forced the issue, yep. got the gap, and then went on to victory. He showed, almost showed a turn of foot, didn't he, the, the meteor? Yeah, four wins now on the board. And bookending the card, Zulu Dancer came from a, from last to win the last race. Yep, good result there and a big prize money race. And Garibald is the other one. Uh, of course, yes. Didn't mention. Um, or not on purpose either. <laughs> no, will you? I don't no. want people thinking that. Uh, he, it's he another was, one on my list. He was truckloaded in the betting and well ridden by Georgie Cartwright to, 
to win pretty comfortably. Yeah, punters got it more right than wrong at the farm yesterday, and we're back there next Saturday. And that uh, remark from Rob Heathcote's um, uh, that not endorsement, I suppose, no. but uh, 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 he um, what am I trying to say? Uh, was a bag, you know? <laughs> so I suppose it was, in, 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 it was encouraging. And yeah. as you say, you, you backed one there yesterday. They they had the chance, and, it, and it's well documented. We go to next Saturday, and then the BRC go into overdrive, so to speak, to work on their plan to get Eagle Farm right for February and March next year. And we wish them well with that. And uh, yes, Garibaldi um, was well back. The putter certainly get it more. There was a lot of discussion wrong. yesterday, David, on the on the vision about the uh, obstruction. Uh, that was unfortunate. Uh, that will be fixed by next Saturday. And next Saturday, of course, is the Group 3 Grand Prix, the listed lock day and the listed gold edition. They're the three main races. Let's turn our attention to Royal Randwick and the three-quarter of a million dollar Villiers Stakes was the main race. They come up the rise now and Exo Boom goes on with the job. Exo Boom races to a narrow lead from Ellsberg fighting back on the inside. Brutality starting to let down with a powerful run wide out and a gap back to Creadiris fighting the line. It's Brutality and Ellsberg fighting out the Villiers. It's Brutality. Baylor sits down to ride it out and Brutality too good in the Villiers. One at a half length to Ellsberg. I think Creadiris Nick third in front of Stockman then Grove Ferry followed by Kerwin's Lane then Bandus Snatch Exo Boone ran out a puff from Sosi Bomb Attorney. Further back then to Rainier. From Order again, Steely Gem Song. And Lease was last in. Brutality. Uh, he's been backing up week after week. A, a good finish there. Well back to win the Villiers and completing a good 2021 for Joe Pride. Yeah, very much so. And good one for the sire as well. Seamus Award. He can get a good horse and incentivise, obviously, the flag bearer. But um, he's a real good stallion. Exactly right. And let's go now to the Christmas handicap at Morfordville. Rock the ring was clashing again with Outlaws Revenge. Mayamin had the lead on the side. They're working to the 450. Tommy Blue second. Rock the rings all curled up. He's ready to play when he's given his chance. Then came Gaze Gree. Uh, wider out was Trippin. Waiting for a run. Outlaws Revenge. He's waiting for the favourite to bullock into the clear. Rock the ring. And that's happening right now. So Rock the ring takes the lead. And Outlaws Revenge is coming through. Trip wider out. Right from the back was He's a Bolter. Rock the ring. Outlaws Revenge out deep. Calypso rain. He's a Bolter. Outlaws Revenge the rail. Uh, Outlaws Revenge screaming through. He's going to win the Christmas handicap. Did not go around a horse. What a win. Calypso Rain second. Third, a photo. Farouk or he's a bolter. Hardy Lass, Rock the Ring, Addictions, Kenyon Wonder. Then... I'll be interested to see what path Ryan Balfour takes with Outlaws Revenge. We spoke to him recently. He is, of course, a Magic Millions graduate and uh, he's no slouch this horse. He's the real deal. He completes the City of Marion and Christmas handicap double. Dom's there in the saddle again. He's only had the 11 starts for six wins. Whether they'd be prepared to roll the dice and go to the snippets, or maybe, and maybe the, the more logical option or the, the stronger option is to go to uh, some of those sprint races in Melbourne during January, like the Standish. Yep. It's, 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 it's no easy task to get to, to Queensland, is it? Certainly, the... certainly not. Let's take a short break here on Pass the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Mike Maxworthy joins us on the other side of the break to look at Hong Kong today. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. And several young horses there on the market. You can take any percentage you want. Just go to archerparkracing.com.au. Well-bred youngsters in the leading stables as well. 
Michael Maxworthy joins us now. Good morning, Michael. Good morning to you, David. Nathan? Very good selecting by you yesterday. Good, good tipping. Oh, a pass mark, I'd say. A pass mark. I think you five winners. Yeah, I think the form worked out really well. I was just saying to Nathan after the last race yesterday, you couldn't, um, you couldn't argue that um, horses didn't get their chance. They were leading and kicking, and it was like the Eagle Farm of old, David, when we saw horses like East Asia and a few of the others really storming home yesterday. So I thought the form worked out pretty well. Well, it's the big international race day at Shah Tin today, and you follow the form closely here. thought we might get your thoughts on the, the main races. The Vars is race four. Is, is it a two-horse race, pile driver, glory Vars? Possibly. That's uh, the way the market has it at the moment. Um, I do like glory Vars. I was there when he won this race back in 2019, and uh, by gee, he powered to the line under Joe Moreira, and he's, he's since returned in the QE2 Cup in Hong Kong this year. And he ran second to the champion Japanese mare, Loves Only You, but it was a great performance because Time Warp had set up the lead and really backed it off, and he was back last from an awkward gate, giving them about six lengths, Glory Vars. Came wide, turning into the straight, and whilst that was happening, Loves Only You had shot clear about three lengths in front of him, and he ended up reducing the margin to about a length. He loves Hong Kong Glory Vars. Marrera's on him again today. He's the $2.10 favourite, and I think he can win the Vars again, Dave. OK, let's go to the sprint race five. Tell us about this the favourite Pixie Knight. Oh, I like him a lot. Um, I want to watch him today before getting too excited. He's by Morris. I think he's the first Group 1 winner by that sire. He's only, he's only three and a half... Well, he turned three and a half years of age in May, so he's, um, he's only the baby of the field. He's only had about eight starts, and he's coming through the Centaur, where he ran second... And then he beat all of the older horses, including a couple of his rivals today, Restencia um, and Dan on Smash. Dan on Smash won this race last year. So that's a good form reference for this guy, Pixie Knight. In the sprint, as he settled third, the fence, he shunted into the clear, really put his ears back late and powered to the line. I think he could be something special. He's currently $5.50 in the market, David. The favourite is the old paleontologist. You probably called him home a couple of times at Doombin for Billy Healy. He now goes under the name of Lucky Patch. He's $3.80. Zach Purton lines him today, and he won the Jockey Club Sprint a few weeks ago, and that's the measuring stick race for the local horses. There were a couple unlucky. Nabu Attack Old Command and Conquer was back last in that race, motoring home late, but he's flying at the moment, um, old paleontologist, uh, Lucky Patch, but I think Pixie Knight might have their measure today over number five lucky patch in the sprint. Okay, that's tab two Pixie Knight in the mile. Golden is Golden Sixty unbeatable? Yes. Yeah. Um, he's a dollar twenty now. Look, it's a good quality field, but it's nothing that he can't handle. The only thing is when you're taking a dollar twenty, I like to take a dollar twenty about Horses that spear straight to the lead and, and can't find trouble. That's the only thing with this horse. He's one-dimensional. He sits back in the field. It's a field of 11 today. He's got barrier two. So it's only bad luck that will beat him. He's got an amazing turn of acceleration. He can turn a deficit of six lengths off the lead at the top of the straight and instantly uh, turn that into nothing. So he's a super horse. He's won 15 in a row. I do think um, a horse may be the place, number three, Indy Champ, uh, at around 5.30, the place. Now, he, he raced in this race two years ago, and you'll see that he only ran seventh. Damien Lane rode him. I was actually on him that day. 
Uh, he was beaten three lengths behind Admire Mars, who won the mile this race two years ago, but no clear running at all in the straight. People might look at that and say his only run here in Hong Kong was no good. It was good. He was stiff not to, to run one, two, three. So at 31 and $5.30, I think number three, Indy Champ, is a good exactor or Cornetta horse with Golden 60. Okay, we'll play that race seven, tab one from three. And you mentioned uh, a little earlier in your discussions about Love's Only You. It's a major player in the Cup Race 8. Oh, yeah, she's a, she's a top-class horse. Uh, we saw her here in Hong Kong earlier this year in, uh, in April when she won the QE2 Cup. She's really returned to form this year. And uh, she's coming by uh, the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar where she won the Phillies and Mares Turf there. She was given a lovely ride in that race. She settled fourth in the slipstream of the leaders with cover. But in that position, turning into the straight there at Del Mar, she was badly held up for a run, and a few of them kicked away on her. But once she got the split, she put her ears back and she attacked the line. So she's class. She's a very classy horse, loves only you. Um, Torby on Diamond, he used to be known as Eric the Eel. He was a last start winner over 1,800 metres. He only got up in a photo. But I do think he's worth um, playing perhaps in a Quinella or a Trifecta with Love's Only You. I think it's a good race for him, Torby and Diamond. OK, there's that's race eight. So they're the big races today. Of course, a 10-race program. You'll be glued to the set. And... Oh, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> Max, you're, you're venue, itching though, to get I... back overseas, aren't you? You're itching to get to these international meetings again. Yeah, Mark, uh, next year, Nathan, um, we're getting a group together already. We're that desperate. We're starting to plan to 12 months out. But it's just a wonderful week of racing there in Hong Kong. They promoted it as the end-of-year championships. Bally Doyle is always there. We rarely get Americans, but the Europeans come and the Japanese are so hard to beat. They just love winning international races, and I think they can win three of them today. Well, wherever you are, enjoy the day, but I'm sure I'll find out where you are by the end of the day. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you will. I've got bye spies bye, everywhere. Bye. See you. There is Mike Maxworthy with his uh, analysis uh, and some tips there for the big Hong Kong meeting today at Sha Tin. We've done it. Very good. We've done it. We'll talk uh, again next... One more next week and then... Yeah, the well, then the following Sunday, of course, is will be Boxing Day, so that'll be... Um, we'll be jousting the selections. Yeah, selections. But it's going to be those two Saturdays, the Boxing Day and then New Year's Day, are going to be really good meetings at Doom. You hear people like Rob Heathcote talking about the wild cards. That They add an extra dimension to those two meetings. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, David. Nathan X will be joining us this morning here on Pass the Post. And thanks for your company. Always appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed the last hour. I look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow. You have a good day. Bye-bye.